Welcome to Radar Contact, the air traffic management podcast by Fox ATM. Welcome to one more episode of Radar Contacts, our air traffic management podcast that we run here at, at Fox ATM. For this second episode of the year, uh, my guest is Marcel Bakker, who is General Manager Systems and Infrastructure at the Dutch ANSP LVNL. Marcel, welcome to the episode. And can you please give us a brief introduction about yourself? Yes, uh, thank you for having me. Um, a brief introduction. I'm responsible for the entire technical domain at uh, Air Traffic Control the Netherlands, LVNL. Responsible for the IT, the generic IT, but also the operation uh, technology OT. Uh, I've been working for some 22 years already at uh, at LVNL. My background: I'm an aeronautical engineer, and currently responsible for uh, run and change in the technical domain of LVNL. Well, that's that's a lot, and I guess you have a lot of on your plate. That's one of the things that struck me looking at the last years of LVNL. You had a lot of projects going on. You had the Tower 2020, if I recall correctly, that was introduction of electronic flight strips and decommissioning of the old paper strips. But in parallel, you also built the Polaris Radar and Simulation Center, which is basically a new building as well. And you also started the implementation of, of remote tower. So can you just give us a brief overview of the last projects and what is going on, technically speaking? Yep. Now, the Tower 2020 project, or actually program you are referring to, uh, that is a program which will, uh, I think, last uh, about 10 years. Uh, we started some years ago with the refurbishment of the Schiphol Tower uh, at Schiphol Airport. Uh, refurbishment that meant uh, we increased the number of working positions from 8 to 15. And in parallel, we also introduced electronic flight strips to get rid of the, uh, the paper strips we were using up to then. Uh, we uh, completed that project, both the refurbishment and the electronic flight strips uh, in 2019. Uh, the Tower 2020 program uh, foresees in the replacement of our entire tower system, uh, starting with the introduction of electronic flight strips, but will be followed by the introduction of a new departure manager. And that will be followed again by replacement of the uh, service management HMI uh, in the tower after that. Uh, it's a stepwise approach, which we do with our partner, technology partner, Frequentis. And uh, I expect it will be it'll run for another three to four years. Um, that is with, with respect to the, the Tower 2020 program. Um, you mentioned the Polaris building. We actually are building a new center. As you know, we have our main ATC system for approach and radar control uh, at Elfinel is our Amsterdam Advanced ATC system, AAA. Uh, based on this Raytheon system of uh, about, no, I think, 25 years ago, uh, has been in operation uh, uh, 20 plus years. We started replacement some years ago together with uh, our partner uh, DFS from Germany and the technology partner Indra. The ICA system uh, will replace AAA. Um, and for the replacement, we were faced with, uh, I think, a decision every ANSP has to take in such a project. Do you do it in the existing operations room and uh, hardware room, or are you going to do that in a, uh, in a new environment? The preference of directors of operations is always clear. Uh, they want no fuss in their ops room until the system is ready. And until that moment, uh, we can, uh, they rather have us, let's say, uh, do our work uh, somewhere else. Um, with the tower, of course, that was not a possibility. Um, we could not build uh, another tower. 
for uh, financial reasons, but also for obvious reasons that the best place where the tower could be at Schiphol is where the current tower is. But for replacing the AAA system, we had options. And we did a thorough business case where we evaluated various options to implement the system, decided to build a new building, was also related to the integration with the Dutch military ATC. We are becoming one organization and the military controllers moved from their center in the eastern part of the Netherlands to LVNL. So also we needed more room. The building has been built. Uh, the ops room is, is there. The, the hardware room is there. Um, the consoles have been installed. Um, most part of all the required hardware has been installed. And we are now finalizing the development of the software of Indra and aiming to put the system into operation in the winter of 23-24 in the new building. So that is, uh, let's say when you talk about the new building, that is uh, a project which is uh, more or less completed. And with respect to the new system, of course, we are in the final phase, which is always the most interesting phase. Yeah, and remote tower, we started uh, a remote tower project for two regional airports, Beek and Eelde in the northern and the southern part of the Netherlands. Uh, that project uh, has suffered some delays. Um, and the uh, cutover also will be delayed uh, currently in a replanning process. Primary reasons for the uh, delay are uh, our current struggle with resources internally, but also at suppliers and uh, at one airport. A um, yeah, difficult discussion we are having with the supervisory authority in the Netherlands, um, NSA, with respect to the placement of uh, the camera mast, which uh, at one airport uh, protrudes the uh, obstacle clear, uh, clearance zone and uh, yeah, trying to find a solution for that. So that will come, but, but will come later than originally planned. Uh, these, I think, three, let's say, very visible projects. Uh, behind the scenes, we also have another projects running more focused on replacement of uh, most of the systems in the CNS domain. Uh, we are going to take into operation this year a new voice communication system, which will be used by the civil, but also by the military uh, controllers. And besides that, we are in a replacement program of the instrument landing systems at Schiphol, a replacement of the navigation aims in the Netherlands and these kind of things. So we have very busy times in the technical domain, uh, I must say. Yeah, that's quite impressive. I think you listed all domains touching uh, the technical part of ATM. and. What kind of lessons do you learn from managing so large programs, I would say, all at the same time, where other NSPs sometimes tend to you know, work in sequence and do one big thing after the other? My first response would be, uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, open response, thank you. Uh, that's fair enough. It's, it's uh, with respect to, let's say, I see the interference now between, let's say, classical replacement projects, which you at a certain moment have to do because certain systems become end of life. Uh, this end-of-life date does not come as a surprise, um, so you can plan that. Uh, some of the other projects are more driven by operational needs and changes in the environment, which are sometimes less easy to plan. As LVNL, when I look back, uh, when we were in the financial crisis 2008, uh, we had to cut costs significantly. We decided to postpone some of the more classical replacement projects. We had some uh, room there. Eh? We could extend the lifespan of these systems. But that resulted now in a, in a very uh, large peak of replacement activities, both 
for the let's say the more new projects but also for the, the the current systems as i mentioned in the cns domain and that is i think a lesson learned that even in uh, times where um, you are on on a great cross cost pressure and this is also a period in time where we are at that that you are very careful not to start postponing these kind of investments because you will pay the price later on and so that's really a lesson learned for the future a lesson also we have now taken taken at heart because uh, we had intensive discussions with our government who is ultimately responsible for us what we should do in the current financial challenges with all these projects and they have given a clear signal to continue with these let's say more or less fundamental projects for the future although we have these cost challenges at the moment uh, because we all know that uh, at a certain moment in time you have to execute these projects and the pain you have of delaying or even stopping these kind of projects when the financial times are a bit tough is a pain which will be threefold later on. So there's also a lesson learned that you keep those projects which run for multiple years, more or less independent of the uh, developments around your organization, uh, like we now have, for example, with COVID. Was COVID, uh, because you just mentioned it, in some way a help because of the less traffic, maybe you get more freedom from the operation side? Or was that not changing anything because nobody knows if that thing will stop in, in three weeks or in, in three years? Now, in, in hindsight, I would have loved to have uh, the new ICA system ready before uh, COVID started and have it implemented during the COVID period. Uh, that would have been a great help. We have a policy that we try to keep the impact on our customers as little as possible um, during these transitions. Uh, for example, with the implementation of the electronic flight strips and the refurbishment of the tower, we did everything we could to have a zero impact on our customers. Uh, when you look at the refurbishment of the tower, we did that uh, during the night. Uh, so we, we started activities uh, late evening moved controllers to the emergency tower which has a lower capacity but that is of course during the nighttime a problem and finished the work uh, before early morning so that the controllers could move back again and we did that for a period of six months uh, to refurbish the entire tower and with refurbishment i mean really taking everything out including the heating cooling uh, working positions network systems etc Uh, this is, uh, let's say, the extent we do to keep the impact on our customers to, uh, to a minimum. Uh, but of course, with some implementations, you have to have some, uh, let's say, reduced of capacity, reduction of capacity. COVID would, the, the period of COVID would have been great to do implement these systems, but you cannot really accelerate um, these kind of programs in such a way that you can take advantage of those unplanned uh, situations uh, you just can be lucky or not so what we did uh, with some other projects we took advantage of that we were able to accelerate some things also uh, we were able to do things during the day whereas normally we had to do it during the night but that was fairly limited i must say one thing you mentioned when we spoke about project is how you are moving from the AAA system which used to be Raytheon, but then LVNL took over the development, yep. to working more with partners and industry partners. I was myself still at DFS when uh, we provided you for, with the, the Phoenix system for the contingency center, which was a great project. I, I love this one. You worked with DFS on Amman. You worked with Indra on iTech. You mentioned Frequentis and the, the electronic flight strip. 
But I guess for your colleagues, especially from the technical department, moving from being self-developing ANSP to more purchasing or getting off-the-shelf products is quite a transition. And it's, it has been in the doing for long now. So how are you adapting the organization to that change? Uh, it's, it's a very uh, important point. When we started the discussion of uh, replacing AAA, we looked at various options. Uh, options also included uh, doing adaptations to the current system ourselves to get to the right level again. What we see in this business, the development of software is extremely expensive. And not necessarily the coding, but the testing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I always take the example of an iPhone, for example. I estimate that the software of an iPhone also might have cost billions of dollars. But still, you can buy an iPhone for uh, less than 1,000 euros. And that's the beauty of software. Copying software does not cost really anything. Maybe a USB stick or something like that. That's it. So for me, the future in our domain, uh, especially what we see is the future of ATM is putting in place more and more automation more and more software. The future uh, for Europe is uh, collaboration, uh, sharing of cost of software development and uh, converging to more common systems. Uh, that is one. So that is the, let's say the cooperation between the NSPs. And second, uh, have industry partners who uh, can deliver this, uh, this kind of technology and industry partners also supporting this type of cooperation. Because, of course, uh, initially, one could think that commercially, for a supplier, it's not the ideal situation to have clients converging on one software, because that means uh, less work. But I think that is, this is, for the long term, the way to go. It's the only way that we can afford the required technology in the long term. Now, looking back to my organization, uh, that is a change process. A change process, uh, learning how to cooperate with other ANSPs, learning that we are not the center of the universe anymore, uh, learning that other ANSPs or their technical colleagues uh, also uh, do a good job and we can learn from them and they can learn from us and that cooperation can be fun, uh, especially with ICAS. We put a lot of effort in the beginning in cultural workshops and these kind of things to also um, uh, improve on the soft side, which is not... A natural talent, generally, uh, for technical people. And, and that helped a lot. I can see now, really, this, this cooperation is really working well uh, on the, uh, up to the lowest levels. Yeah, and with the suppliers also to make that a common strategy for the, for the future. And really try to discern what should you do yourself as an AMSP and uh, for which things we can better rely on, uh, on industry partners. I really like what you said about not being the center of the universe. From experience, it's always hard to introduce a new system that has a completely different HMI. And for knowing a bit of the AAA, it is, it is very specific and very efficient. But I guess moving to iTech will be quite a jump. And uh, I guess you get some, let's say, questions and, and challenges from the operation department because their tool will change and controllers yeah. are not always happy with that. No, but I think they are part of this change process. So when we also started the ICAS cooperation, also uh, the ops department was involved. I can still remember the, the white smoke sessions we had together with the, the, the German controllers to come to a decision on the, uh, the scope of work and the requirements. And these were tough, uh, tough times. Eh? We had controllers for one week uh, sitting together, uh, almost negotiating 
the requirements, but we were able to do so. And we are still halfway. I still see that we have a significant part of IGAS will be L specific, will be Munich specific, will be Bremen specific. But we are definitely on that journey. And we are now, let's say, have started the, the ITIC uh, version three initiative with the ITIC partners, which is uh, the, the next step where we really want to converge to a common system. And there is no other means, especially for an ANSPS LVNL. We are relatively small, but still need for one of the biggest airports in Europe, state-of-the-art system. And it is the way to go. And you mentioned uh, off the shelf. That is something a dream which I would like to, uh, yeah, not like to, but which I have to kill, these systems are not off the shelf. Uh, there's still a significant portion of additional development needed to get these systems into operation. Yeah, that's that's very true indeed. And um, you mentioned work with DFS as, as a partner and not as a techno technology partner in that case. And LVNL is, is member of Fabec. So can you also rely on your Fabec partners in discussions. You mentioned before the, the start of the new operation room and SkyGuide had something the like when they started their new center in Dubendorf. Uh, when DFS introduced uh, ICAS in Langen, they also built a new operation room instead of putting that in the, in the old one. Is, is it also the kind of topics you exchange with them and you can get advice from? Yeah, definitely. Uh, although I must say that the leads to, to start, let's say, getting experience from other NSPs for us primarily are driven via iTech. Okay, so there the, the cooperation is much closer. It's, it's a cooperation based on real specific area where we see, okay, there we have to find each other. And that gives opportunity to learn from each other. And that is what I see step by step. The topics on which we start discussions, start to learn from each other are increasing and uh, also based on the mutual respect and, and really learning from each other in instead of comparing who's best and trying to convince each other uh, which is the best solution of the best approach. Yeah, that, that's really nice to see always more coordination and, and communication and exchange in that, in that industry. We mentioned uh, remote tower briefly. The other hot topic or hot concept coming to, to ATM in the coming uh, years is uh, the virtual center concept. And LVNL on one side is operating a single center. So I don't know, is, is the virtual center concept relevant for you? Are there some parts of it in terms of technology or architecture that you can apply? Or is it just something because you have one center, it's not really for you? Uh, it, it's a very good topic. It's a very um, hot topic at this moment, also in the discussion of the long-term strategy and vision of LVNL. Uh, you're absolutely right. We have one center. So compared to the other bigger NSPs who have multiple centers, already have a, a very good reason for themselves to move to this technology, simply to reduce costs within their own uh, organization. The moment Elvenel uh, would decide to go to a virtual center, that is immediately a very strategic discussion for Elvenel. In general, we see that this technology is coming, is providing benefits. And, and for Elvenel, now the challenge is more when and how. I think the technology is more or less there. I think there are still some challenges there. I think the, the, the development of this concept on the technology side is not easy uh, with the sometimes very uh, heavy requirements we have on performance, for example. But uh, I think it is something which will happen. And it's a question about timing uh, and how. Uh, and it can really help in certain aspects to, yeah, to improve our cost efficiency, to improve our, uh, yeah, our performance. 
And you can use some of these elements, of course, when you look at a remote tower, uh, when you look at providing um, services towards the, the, the airports, various airports in the Netherlands, where you could see an airport also as a sort of virtual center, as a virtual airport. So the technology being developed, of course, has a broader application than only for these radar centers. Assuming at some point you will have high-tech technology similar, but not exactly the same than, than your neighbor centers in, in Germany, is, is there a chance that there could once be some kind of virtual center work between LVNL and DFS, for example, or is that too complicated, too technical, or, or legally not practical? Now, from the technology side, uh, which I'm most comfortable with, of course, to talk about, uh, the answer would be yes. From a strategic safety legal side, for me, that's very difficult to, uh, to determine. Uh, I see significant challenges in that. Uh, there have been some articles also around uh, that topic floating around in Europe now. So there are some challenges there, but um, the way I see it is at the moment the benefits really become clear and are significant. One way or the other, the ANSPs in Europe must try to find a way and the governments to uh, overcome these hurdles. And that's the way I look at it. There are no real fundamental blockages, I think, to take these steps. Now to close the episode, I'd like to ask you our classical signature question. How do you see ATM technology-wise in the Netherlands and globally in the next five years, but also to open the door to fantasy in the next 50 years? Now, of course, the next 50 years is, is quite safe for me to answer because I will most definitely be retired then. So I can, I can of course, say anything I want. <laughs> Nobody will confront me with that uh, when I'm uh, uh, over 100 then in that case. No, seriously, uh, the next five years, when I look at LVNL, the next five years, our focus is getting all these new programs and fundamental technology in place. When I look at, for example, at ICAS, we will implement a 40 directory-based operations-capable system in our current environment, and we will start with our current CONOPS, not with a new CONOPS. So the focus will be getting the technology in, getting the fundamentals working, also with respect to remote tower uh, and all the underlying technology changes like networks, etc., to provide a basis after that period of time to really start taking steps in the implementation of 4D directory-based operations to improve our performance, and to further expand the implementation, for example, of remote tower. So the next five years is a uh, focus on getting the technology in, get it working, and uh, that's a challenge in itself. And after that, yeah, I see for the next 50 years, I'm very, say, tempted by the possibilities which you can do with machine learning, artificial intelligence, and then not the scientific, or the, let's say the science fiction stories you read about it, but the actual implementation of that. The business we do is, is, is working in, an, in a domain which is characterized by, by very large patterns we see in the operation, repeating patterns. So I see that this technology really can help in the future to improve our operation, to increase the automation, and by these means also solve the problem which a lot of NSPs are struggling with is uh, having sufficient air traffic controllers in the towers, in the options. So towards the next 50 years, I see uh, step by step an increased level of automation. We're still the human in the loop, but the human role moving from a, an executive role to a more planning and manager of flows instead of individual flights. Yeah, and let's say when you have the base technology available, then the real fun starts 
to start improving these functionalities, getting these new algorithms and technology. Thank you very much, Marcel. Nice insight in the in the future, and I'm sure LVNL will keep the phone rolling. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you. This was Radar Contact. Visit foxatm.com or your favorite podcast platform for more.